Tony said, this is the hardest part. Now I have to try and hook it back up. I've come untethered. Well, good evening. Can everybody hear me? Is it working? Okay. Luckily, James didn't set the bar very high. If I can get a shoelace untied, I'll feel pretty good, maybe. But uh, blowing his socks off, I'm not sure. I do appreciate the opportunity to speak. I don't jump at it because I don't know if my blood pressure could handle it. Uh, if anyone knows what the symptoms of a heart attack are and you see any, do your thing. Uh, this is an honor. It's a privilege. I, I, I hate having to try and follow Bob Lawrence, but guess what? I'm not Bob, and I don't claim to be. He's much better looking. He's Bob. I'm Russ. But we're both speaking God's Word. That's what matters. So that's what I'm giving you, and let's see what happens. My lesson today is on comparisons. Uh, comparisons are something we do all the time. Everyone does. If you are shopping for a card, you compare different features of this car to that one. If you are going to take a new job, you're going to compare different aspects of one to another, what it does, doesn't offer, wage, uh, time off, travel, etc. Um, let's see. If you're going to go in, in colleges, schools, not even just colleges, you know, if I'm, I'm worried about where my kids are going to go to school, if I want to go in this area or that one, and, you know, where I feel they have a better option. I'm going to be looking at that, and I will compare. And that's not a bad thing. I just compared myself to Bob Lawrence, so here I am. In that same vein, it's something we do. I asked the question of everyone here, do we do that here at church? Do you make comparisons? It's kind of hard not to, to some degree, but do we do that? Does anyone here feel they, compared to another, are less Christian, less righteous? Or worse, more righteous? Anyone ever said, because I've heard people say it, in fact I have, has anyone here ever said, I can't be in church, or I'm afraid sitting in church that I'm just going to burst into flame? Anyone ever said that or thought that? You don't have to answer, but... I most assuredly have. I hated walking through those doors with some of my sins on my shoulders, going, how can God love me? Now, Paul addresses in Galatians 1.10. You want to go there? He says... On that exact topic, Galatians 1.10, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I could not be a servant of Christ. So the question we have to do is, is so when you start comparing ourselves to other Christians and say they're better or worse than we are, Here's one I 
I have to ask, if, specifically on the worst side of things. So I said I didn't want to walk through those doors. I'm a horrible person, or I felt I was just absolutely atrocious, etc. Paul said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he did say, did you, as a Christian or otherwise, have you ever rounded up families, parents, children, haul them back to their home country where they left, take the children, stake them to the ground in the middle of an arena, release wild animals to let wild animals do what you can imagine are done. Afterwards, take mom and dad, tie them to the exact same spot where the children were, where the children are probably laying, and let the wild animals do the exact same thing. Paul did, and he wrote most of the New Testament. So, however bad we, I, anyone feel as we are as Christians, compare that. And don't set the bar too high for yourself at how bad you can be. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. The man who wrote the majority of the New Testament is the worst? Did he just compare himself to me? I guess in modern lingo he'd say, if you want to go toe-to-toe with someone on a sin resume, I've got you beat, come at me. So instead of being a servant of Christ, when we compare ourselves to other people, and specifically Christians, you're now being a servant to Christians. In this context, we're discussing that's not what God wants. What he does want is us to worry about him, to serve him, make sure he applauds and what we do is something for his benefit. Galatians 5.19 This is a uh, I, my personal viewpoint it's a top 15 plus sins all mankind has to suffer for temptation. You and I have probably committed several of these at some point in our lives. There, the word reads in 519, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, Dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I can check off a few of those. You might be able to knock off one or two. Here's a, here's a, here's a question that I have for you. You and I die on the same day 
at the exact same time. Do you imagine you, if there's a line heading into heaven, will you be in front of me or behind? Now, the only person I truly believe most likely will be closer to the front of the line is going to be Marilyn Jones because of her being and putting up with Jerry. You all know it's true. Comparing ourselves to who's the better Christian has no bearing in this life. None at all. Revelations 20.12, which I'll try and reach if I can find it in the Bible. It's, I think, is that the Old Testament? It's the one I do know. Genesis and I got Revelations. 20.12. Somebody shrunk on my print, I'm sorry. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. They had done. Nowhere in there does it say compared to anyone else. While it doesn't say it, it's actually not entirely true. We are compared to somebody else. He came to earth. He walked. He talked. He endured everything we just spoke of in Galatians. Just because it wasn't written in here, do you not think women threw themselves at him? Do you not think anyone wanted or tried to bribe him? Do you not think he had any and every opportunity under the sun? Somebody wanted him to go away. They would love to pay him off. Please leave. Just because we didn't hear about it doesn't mean it didn't happen. I can imagine. He had to endure everything that you and I have to endure. Just because it was done back then, the exact same things are done here today. It's not any more or less. We may have more technology. That's about it. Temptation is temptation. Sin is sin. He endured all that and still did right. Not one blemish. Nothing. So yes, we compare ourselves to Christ. And that's not a bad comparison. We're going to fail in that comparison. But he was perfect. We know we're not, so... To consider yourself a failure because you did is not fair. Give yourself a little credit. I don't know how it works when we're judged. No clue. I've pondered this on several different occasions. Is it a one-on-one? I sit across from the desk. It's a court. uh, Judge, jury. I don't know. One big arena with however many billion people and jumbotrons, and you finally get your name called up, and you have to go stand before everybody, and I, I, I don't know. I have no clue. But it will happen. We will be judged. We will stand before God. That book will be open, and our deeds will be presented, good and bad. What I imagine 
personally is there will be something like a scales of justice. You'll be opened up. God, God has the best DVR. High definition, Dolby surround sound, 4D, I, name it, but everything you did, how you felt, how the other person felt, who was watching, what they heard, what they felt later, all's coming together at that day of judgment. You're going to be proud of some of the things you did. Others, not so much. Now, on the one scale, all your deeds over here, good and bad, they're a place. On the other scale is Jesus. That's who you're compared to. So all of this compared to that. I will be weighed and measured against him and his example. What will happen when I, Russ Wallace, am weighed and measured? I will stand on that scale opposite Jesus as one who actively lived in sin with women, drinking, smoking, Father and child out of wedlock. I sold and did drugs to the level that I am a meth addict by definition. I hung out with horrible, horrible people killers, thieves, troublemakers, you name it. And the worst part, the worst part of all of that, you couldn't tell me apart from them. I was just as dirty, icky, nasty as they were. Birds of a feather. So I ask you, with what I just said, how do you feel weighing yourself against Russ Wallace? Oh, this comparison I'm asking, so it's fine. I don't say any of that with any pride. I don't say that with a, ha look what I did. I don't say that with, well, let's go back to Galatians and start checking those off. Yep, yep. Ooh, did that one twice. Yep. I went, I walked in this church with all of that on my resume and thought so many were so much more righteous than I was. I had people, I was sure of it, looking at me like, oh, that, that poor, icky, nasty thing. Sitting next to my family and they just felt sorry for them, like, ugh. Sorry. And they were just making sure the front was open for me. Nothing they were thinking could have been positive. Nothing. Do you have any idea why, after confessing all that publicly, it's now recorded? You've all heard it. I have no chance of running for public office. But do you know why I'm not concerned about that? 
That is nowhere I live anymore. I walked away from that. I had to. It was going to kill me. That is nowhere I live now. I'm happy to compare me now to me then. That's about the only comparison you should be allowed to do other than Jesus. Because weigh yourself against what you did before to what you did now, and you should be increasing, bettering. It'll never be perfect. I was a horrible person then. I tried to talk my wife, before she's my wife, out of me, having claimed all of that in explicit detail. And she's like, yeah, I knew all that. My dad told me. I typed for 45 minutes, people. But I could tell her that because that's not who I was any longer. Who I was then was somebody I was willing to let her get saddled with. And so was she. I'm kind of happy about that. However, in Psalms 34, 18, this one, the Bible is such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book because wherever you are in life, it's got something for you. It helps you out of the hole you're in. 3418, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Move that out of the way. Just put, the Lord is close to Russ. And saves those, Russ, who is crushed in spirit. I was crushed. I was horrible. I found rock bottom and started digging. Picture the nastiest, ickiest, grossest pile of whatever. I made that look good. I felt. That's who I felt I was. However, God doesn't write us off when we're full of sin. Matthew 26, 20, verse 6, excuse me. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing around here all day long doing nothing? At the eleventh hour, he's still looking for people. The eleventh hour, we still have a chance. Eleventh hour, if you have air in your lungs, you have a chance. You can compare yourself to who you were, and you have a chance to better yourself. You can... Let go of all that icky nastiness, the one that you couldn't decipher yourself from any of the bad people, worse people, who didn't know Christ, don't know Christ. We have a chance to make it right. We have a chance to be with God. See, my hope and prayer today is that we don't compare ourselves to anyone but Christ and his example. My hope is that if you do see yourself better or worse than anyone else, stop doing that right now.
There is not one person, elder, deacon, preacher, teacher, 80 plus year member, Christian, that's better or worse than you are. Do you know how many sins it takes to stay out of heaven? One. Just one. You are now as icky as the next person who's been a sociopathic murderer. Both of you have a chance while you're still breathing. In First Peter four sixteen through eighteen, it says, "However, if you stand as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household." And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? When we stand on that scale opposite Jesus, I really want all of us to do so with the name Christian on our heart. I don't care, and neither does God, that you've been walking around stained, having sinned for years and years and years and years and years, doing who knows what. You stole one pack of gum, you're a sinner. You're labeled. Turn to him. Claim him as your Savior, or if you've been lost, reclaim him carry his name he's going to see his name on you he knows, he, you, we bear his mark I don't know what that is no clue but he sees it, he knows it you're going to be placed on the scales opposite him the weight should just crush that thing just destroy it and you shouldn't have a chance. But he's going to walk over and go, no, 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 no. This one's mine. I'm making this one worthy. If you need some help to believe that the person's person looking back at you in the mirror is a good person, as I did, and someone who's worthy of God's love, or you need a dose of humility because you see the person in the mirror and you have a sense of pride at who you look at. We're wanting you to come forward. Neither of those two people or anyone in between is getting into heaven on their own. Only through Christ and His grace and mercy do we get through that door. As I said earlier this morning, we are family family does look out for each other. We pray for each other. I know several here in this room were praying for me. And I needed every last one of them. If we are able to pray for you, I want you to let us, please. If you want to become one that Christ will claim his own and put his name on in baptism, we don't want you to wait. I don't want you to wait. If right now, 
does not move you to do that, that's fine as well. If in seven hours you get the desire, I've got business cards with my cell phone on them. Guess what? Call me. I would rather lose sleep than lose you. It is that important, people. The job, the school, the apartment, the house, the anything, none of that matters. You can't take it with you. It won't matter. Whose name you bear when this life ends for that life does. It is my hope and prayer that you will take heed of that. If this message reaches you, I hope it does. If you don't ask me, ask somebody. But please, please heed the call if it hits you to do so. Please do so while we stand and sing.